Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, everyone's favorite place for romance novels and stuff. Um, You know, I'm just going to make sure that everyone knows that this is their favorite place. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. How are you, Jess? It is so it is uh, the first week of September. We're recording on the 6th. Although I will tell you what, I am in Washington, D.C. and it very much still feels like summer. Oh, yes. It, same here in southern Arizona, where it finally dropped into the double digits. Yeah, I so I've been traveling uh, through the south. Uh, which DC is kind of the South, but I was in, you know, Kentucky and West Virginia and Tennessee and North Carolina. And I will tell you what, it is hot there (laughs) in the South. Yes, yes Um, it is. But as a fun bonus, I'm currently, uh, my, uh, this, this podcast is unofficially sponsored by my, uh, strawberry mango moonshine margarita. So that's a recipe that I invented last week. Oh, lovely. So there's, yeah. So, I mean, if nothing else, there is some benefit to, traveling through the very hot, humid south in late August and early September. Yeah. Also, the people were lovely. Yes, yes, they are. I remember making that trip regularly at the end of the summer between the ages of 18 and 22. It was so funny because people would be like, oh, well, we can eat lunch outside because it's only 97 degrees. <laughs> like, wait, what? What is your metric for eating outside? What are you talking about? No. Uh, but I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where... A hot summer day is approximately 78 degrees. So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, uh, none of that is romance related unless, uh, I mean, the moonshine margarita is a little, it's kind of a nice pink color. It, uh, and so, hey, I would bet you a Penny Reed character would read it. I mean, would drink oh, it. Oh, I bet that's true. Actually, I bet they're, it's uh, pretty delicious, to be frank with you. It's a, uh, so for those who are keeping track, this is Old Smoky uh, Strawberry mar- Mango margarita moonshine and uh, my personal addition was lemon sparkling water oh so you're welcome and frankly i came back with a lot of moonshine from the south <laughs> so there's this is probably not the only moonshine recipe you're gonna get on when in romance for the remainder of 2018 well i'm looking forward to that thank good, you jess good reading drink yeah it definitely is um should we actually talk about a little bit of reading why don't we before everyone just leaves hey I think people can, people come for the romance, they stay for the moonshine recipes. <laughs> um, but uh, in case you are less excited about moonshine recipes than we might imagine, you have a chance to let us know. Uh, Book Riot is doing a fall reader survey, and they're only doing it for a limited time. So um, if you there, the link is in the show notes. We've got a fall reader survey at bookriot.com slash fall survey. The link will be right there in the show notes. It's actually, uh, I took a look at it. I started to fill it out in case it was one of those weird surveys where you answer a question and then like four more questions show up. This is not one of those. It's super straightforward. It just asks you 
how many books you've been reading, um, what genres you read in, uh, you know, whether you listen to podcasts, all of you would be able to click yes, because you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> uh, if you've subscribed to a book service, you know, like those kinds of things, you could honestly, I know people always say this, you honestly could fill this survey out in under five minutes. Um, and it will help us to do a better job of making sure that you're getting the information that you want on this podcast and that our sponsors are, you know, suiting the needs that you have as a podcast listener and just generally as a book riot reader. Um, and I know that all of you are actually very good at filling out surveys because I put some Instagram polls up for our book club read, which we'll talk about later. And so many of you filled them out. Whoa. So we're very, very impressed. Um, but yeah, this is really helpful for us. So if you wouldn't mind taking a couple of minutes, hopping on, and if you enter your email address, you can, uh, be entered to win a hundred dollar gift card to the book riot store in us and Canada. Um, side note, someone actually mentioned, uh, to Jess and I that maybe we could make our giveaways a little bit more wide ranging and include people who are outside of the U S on a more regular basis. So we took that feedback to the editors and said, you know, if this is possible, that would be great. It turns out there are actually some very intense laws around giveaways in other countries. I know, right? Like, who'd have thunk there are countries where you actually have to hand it to them? Yeah. There are countries where if you do a giveaway, someone has to deliver the giveaway in person. Like, they have to go to your door. So we apologize if you're in one of those countries, but it's a good reason to make your voice heard. Yes. In your political system, however that happens. So anyway, in the meantime, uh, one way to make your voice heard amongst the Book Riot community is to fill out the fall reader survey. Uh, as I mentioned, the link will be in the show notes. But in the meantime, it is bookriot.com slash fall survey. Perfect. And actually, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's sort of for a limited time. So the sooner you can do it, the better. Yeah, just do it right now. I mean, yeah. you can listen and click at the same time. Yeah. Or do you want us to just sit quietly for five minutes? <laughs> Kyle, who is our uh, very patient sound editor, would probably edit that out. But um, yeah, so we probably can't do that. But it's a nice idea for next time. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do we got, Jess? We got we, have, we don't have a super long agenda today. It's a, a Labor Day week. You know, we kind of figured we'd go a little bit easy on your TBRs this week. But we do have some news. We do. We do. And... Um, it was some interesting news to come across um, in the middle of last week uh, that an author felt that, or not felt that, she actually sort of made a discovery about some correlations between a couple of her older titles and a couple of uh, current authors' titles that were more than just on the surface. And she wrote a lot about it on Twitter. It was Jenny Trout, if you follow her, or if you um, follow Kissing Books, and linked through last week's Kissing Books, week before last Kissing Books, since we're recording the day that last week's Kissing Books came out. Um, <laughs> Just go back in your Kissing Books library and find uh, all of the episodes, or all of the issues. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, um and so we wanted to talk more generally about this whole concept of the difference between plagiarism and pattern, especially because there are so many romance novels out there and only so many things you can do with people. Yes, I think that, yes, 
There are only so many things you can do with people. <laughs> uh, and so to be slightly more helpful than I was 30 seconds ago, the issue, the issue slash edition of a book right romance that you're looking for in your inbox is one called lots of S words, but sadly no swords. So if you just search book right romance, you'll find uh, some of the links that we're talking about. I'll also make sure we put them in the show notes, but yeah, I think, um, so kind of the crux of the issue that Jess is talking about is that uh, the author Jenny Trout found um, a number of similarities between a heroine in her book uh, and um, a heroine in an Alexa Riley book. And I think that that is a real thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. And the, 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 the similarities that she gives are fairly specific. So... Her heroine is called Penny. Their heroine is called Pepper. Uh, both are virgins in their 20s. Same physical description from height to hair color. Uh, both have sexy brunette BFFs. Um, both live in New York. Both want to have kids early. Um, heroine, or the hero calls the heroine Dollface in the Alexa Riley book. And in, her, in Jenny's book, the hero calls the heroine Doll. And she does say the plots are very different. But I, um, and this is a quote, but I refuse to believe this is a coincidence as one of the authors reviewed one of my books, though not, I believe, the book that this heroine is from. Uh, so this is, it's a little complicated um, in that, you know, it's, I, we've said more than once on, on this podcast, more than one thing can be true. And it can, it's hard to say for sure that this is a case of plagiarism because as Jess said, you know, romance is very much based on a specific pattern and that's intentional. And some of the brilliance of a lot of the really great romance writers is finding new and interesting and different things to do with that pattern. Uh, But then it makes it a little bit blurry to figure out what is plagiarism and what is not and what is, coincidental and what is not and even if something is not a coincidence you know when is that okay and when is it not so I don't know I don't know Jess do you have thoughts on this do you have did you have like sort of a visceral reaction of I absolutely object to this or I don't it it was it was one of those my arms are being pulled in multiple ways kinds of things because I totally see where Jenny was coming from those are severe similarities, and especially if you think about um, some of the concerns she had about this particular author, the frequency at which they write, the fact that one of them used to be a reviewer and I think started writing before they stopped reviewing. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't, we try not to let the influences of things we're reading fall into the things that we're writing. But sometimes we take those things that we're seeing and they go in naturally. But sometimes if we're not being honest with the people that are in either of our, our, um, what do you call it? Like groups of followers, whether as a writer or as a reviewer, then there are things that have to be questioned. And it's it's hard to say when influence happens and when copying happens, because those are two very different things. And yeah. it uh, like 
you have to sort of think of think really hard about when one is okay and when one is questionable. Yeah. And I think there's a question too here of how far does the benefit of the doubt extend? Yes. And I think um, one of the links that you uh, links to in kissing books that that we'll make sure is in the, the notes as well is a Twitter thread um, by at the lady in reds tabs is the name of the person mm-hmm. uh, who sort of said listen you know I'm partly opposed to this you know in large part because as much as I know about Alexa Riley their books are their business practices are very shady. So uh, also, as just one quick minor step back, Alexa Riley is two authors who I think are named Alexa and Riley, who write under one pen name, which is Alexa Riley. Uh, So if we refer to them as they, it is because it's two people who identify as women. So that's, um, if that is confusing in any way, that's why we're doing that. Mm -hmm. So, okay, now we're taking one step forward again. Uh, That was our step back. Now we're step forward. That was the context. Mm -hmm. Um, But this person, um, Tabs, talks a little bit about how uh, one of them was a blogger who, uh, you know, was very enthusiastic about Alexa Riley's books and talked about them on Twitter and reviewed them and reviewed them very positively. And uh, then it turned out that one of them was either Alexa or Riley. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, neither Jess or I has any, you know, background or evidence or anything that that happened but it's uh we have also have no reason to believe it didn't no one has as far as we know come out and challenge clearly exactly um so that's a little bit shady there's maybe some questions about whether or not they were engaged in a um practice called uh kindle unlimited stuffing which we can get into in a little bit about what that is which is maybe they were involved in maybe they weren't um it's seems like they were not scamming people in the same way that some people were. So I don't know. I mean, I think like you said, Jess, you know, even somebody that we both really, really like and respect, um, Courtney Milan kind of came out and said, listen, this is maybe not the most popular opinion, but plagiarism isn't necessarily just story elements, you know, like there, there's more to it than just having a similar setting and similar characteristics and, um, this was kind of a subtweet. She didn't specifically mention this exact example, but it was fairly clear what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the thing. I mean, there's only so many combinations and so many ways to do a thing, but other business practices kind of suggest that there's some some kind of weird stuff going on here. Yeah, and, you know, to vaguely counter Courtney's point, like when you see something that you've, you've put onto paper in somebody else's writing, it's jarring. Oh, I'm sure. Um, So we can talk about the actual legal concept of plagiarism. And she gets into a lot of legalities when she's talking about some things, especially in the romance universe, because she is so well-versed in legality, since she, you know, is a lawyer. Um, Yeah, sure. (laughs) As is the case with so many romance authors. Right? As a reminder. I want them to form a union so I can just find them all. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's important to know what the legal, you know, 
confines of plagiarism are, but it's also important to to like know in your gut that this isn't just a coincidence. Yeah. So it like like I said, my arms are kind of being pulled in different directions because it could be that, you know, Alexa Riley does publish several books and comes up with all of their concepts completely independent of anything else. Because we can all do that. There is no influence from anywhere on any of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't see my face, but I am being very sarcastic. Um, (laughs) um, But... You know, like, if there's influence, it's different from, like, actually taking someone else's ideas. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. And I will say, I think for me, kind of the added layer of this is that element of questionable business practices writ large. Like, I think if Alexa Riley was um, just some random if it was Riley Alexa and we'd never really heard of her and it was just who knew and maybe this was out of nowhere uh I think I would be a little bit more willing to give benefit of the doubt some of the allegations and again these are just allegations neither you nor I think can verify them so correct please take this with all of the grains of all of the salts um all the fancy salts the pink salts and the black salts and any of salts that you have um but <laughs> Um, one of the allegations that Jenny Trout makes is that uh, there's a little bit of, um, I don't know that she actually uses the term uh, KU stuffing, but I did a little bit of research because that's a thing that's come up uh, particularly related to the romance genre in the last few months. And so Mm -hmm. it's worth, I think, us taking a few minutes to talk about. So the idea is, uh, and please correct me if you think I'm getting any of this wrong, Jess, but my understanding, so... I think most of you know, if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, it works similarly to Netflix in that you have basically an unlimited, you have unlimited access to the Kindle Unlimited library, which is not every book, but uh, it's a you know significant number of books. And so you can go in, read or whatever you want. The way that authors get paid is through one pot of money. So there's one pot of money for all KU authors. So it is kind of a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. And authors get paid by page read. Mm -hmm. So you get essentially half a cent per page read. So the way that some people, both within and outside of the romance system, have started to kind of game this system is that they will put extra content at the end of their books and, you know, try to get people through giveaways or through whatever other means to get to click on the last page, right? So say you've got a, you know, to, you know, 125 page novella, essentially, but then you add in a 300 page book that you also wrote brings you up to 500 pages or I realize the math there doesn't work, but just stick with me. Uh, (laughs) Margarita, stick with me. Uh, But anyway, so you get to 500 pages or in some cases people actually will write a, or somehow combine their works to create a 3000 page book Mm -hmm. because it's an ebook 
so who knows? And then, like I said, through a giveaway or something, get people to click on the last page. Mm -hmm. And then Amazon counts it based on the last page that people read. So if you're getting half a cent per page, you could essentially earn $13 or $13.50 that way. So it sounds like that is not quite what uh, Alexa Riley has been doing or has done. But there has been some kind of weird stuff where maybe, you know, like uh, this person, um, Tabs, that lady in reds, has said she owns a copy of The Mechanic and the book ends at 68% and the remaining 32% is a related short. And so that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, And Amazon has actually been cracking down on this practice because, like I said, it's a zero-sum game. So if there are certain authors who are stuffing their books and making it such that they're making $13 a book or $13 rather per read. Other authors are, are losing money because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and again, Amazon just in the last few months has updated their rules to try to discourage it. My read is that the real question is to what extent they are actually enforcing those rules. And I mm-hmm. think that's a little bit questionable. Um, but again, all of that just to kind of come back to the idea that where people are being a little bit weird about business practices kind of hurts their reputation in general, which makes me personally, again, all of the grains of salt, a little bit less likely to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. That's that's definitely because, I mean, we all, if we read ebooks, we know that sometimes, like, I don't have a Kindle Unlimited plan, so... Um, I don't try to read all the way to the end, but I definitely have ebooks where it's like they put include the first chapter of the previous book or, hey, at the end of this book, there's a link for a giveaway or something. And, you know, it's rare enough or short enough that I know that it's either trying to get you to read something else by the author or, you know, trying to get that extra bit. Um, because I don't completely, yeah. Um, but if it's a book that's also in Kindle Unlimited, they might also want those page views as well, but it's, it's not, it's not to the equivalence of the authors who do that stuffing where it's like, oh, hey, here's this 800 page book. 150 pages is a novella that you bought and the rest is all previously published material that you're going to flip through looking for something different or new Mm -hmm. or hey guess what we made changes to this which is something that um i've seen noted as a way to get people to read the extra content in some some stuffed books that aren't by alexa riley but by other authors who have been sort of called to the carpet um, for doing that kind of thing in order to game the system. Also, why do they need to game the system? Why doesn't Amazon just change? Yeah, <laughs> it's that's like, a fair question. Yeah, Amazon broke the trillion mark, and they can't just give people more access to money. That's another yeah. complaint for another day. We know that that's never going to happen because why be logical? Um, but 
I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and I will say uh, they inked.com, ink period. I don't know how they pronounce it's <laughs> I-N-C dot. Uh, I've seen it a, a thousand times and I've never really had to say it out loud. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the ink.com, I guess, uh, ink period.com uh, article that we will make sure to link to does make the um, suggestion and, and the author um, who is making the suggestion whose name is not loading at this moment. Oh, uh, Minda Zetlin mm-hmm. uh, mentions that she heard it elsewhere, but the art- the suggestion that she mentions that she's seen is to cap the payout per book at the non-unlimited price of the book. So, for example, uh, if this you know book by whoever, Jess Pride, Trisha Brown, whoever, mm-hmm. is generally listed at 99 cents, you should not be able to make $13 on it on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. So, um, which seems like it would instantly solve the problem because then if you can't earn more than 99 cents per download, then there would be no reason to book stuff. And if you raise your prices, then you're as an author, you would get flack from readers over all of that, you know, quote unquote bonus material. Right. So because nobody wants to pay, you know, $13 or even $5 for what is essentially fluff, right? Like to Mm -hmm. try to, build the the stuffing so anyway that's one option for how uh, we might be able to address this problem in the future but in the meantime um yeah it's it is it's an interesting question because like you know we've talked about there's only so many ways to write people right there are only so many hair colors there Mm -hmm. are so many urban centers there are only so many um formulas but uh at the same time you know, like you said, I think it could probably be incredibly jarring to see what it is like to have what you feel like is your story or your characters or your setting taken from you and, um, you know, put in somebody else's book mm-hmm. and words. So, yeah. so it's all very complicated. The end. The end. Yeah. That's probably going to be the, the title of this one. Unless we've already I don't know. Had I think we, I was going to say we might have already done that. But I, I think we'll that was also a, a, a weird Amazon thing. <laughs> yeah. A weird Amazon thing might be the actual title of, of this podcast. We'll find out. <laughs> we will indeed. Uh, we'll see when on Sunday when, uh, you know, there are probably, I was going to say there may not be any more moonshine margaritas left to have, but at the same time, there's a really good chance there will be. <laughs> uh, we'll see what the title ends up being. Um, but in the meantime, would you like to tell us about our sponsor, Jess? For this I, week? I will. Thank you very much to Stacy Fins, the author of Love You, which is the third book in the Garner Brothers trilogy. Um, these three rugged men have transformed their hometown of Glory Junction, California into one of the country's top outdoor adventure vacation towns where a thrilling adventure of the heart is always part of the deal. And I'll tell you, I I have um, Need You, which is, the I believe, the first book in the trilogy, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. But now that I know that there are three and the last one is available, that's perfect because I yeah. hate waiting. Um <laughs> Also, outdoor adventure vacation town plus small town romance. I don't know. I'm pretty in on this also. Absolutely. 
Um, so Stacy Fence's novels are perfect for fans of of the small town contemporary um, romance. Did <laughs> I get ahead of us? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're infused with humor, camaraderie, heartfelt passion, and impeccable writing. Um, they're ideal for fans of Jill Shalvis. Um, and you know they've been sort of hitting the hitting the charts all three of the books um stacy finn's won the daphne du maurier award in 2013 so that's kind of cool i want to find out um what she was writing at that point because anything related to daphne du maurier is just you know gold to me um and i'm so glad that you were doing this ad spot so that i didn't have to pronounce uh that name so So you're so literary, Jess. Um, I, I grew up watching the Hitchcock film, Rebecca, and then finally realized mm-hmm. that I should probably read the book and then mm-hmm. discovered that the author was amazing and went and found all of her books. So, yeah. Well, sounds like an award worth winning. It does indeed. Does indeed. So if you are interested to learn more about Stacey Finns and her books, you can go to her website, stacyfinns.com. Um, find her on Facebook at facebook.com slash stacy.fins and on Twitter. And we will have a link in the show notes, which I can tell you for a fact because I have already opened up the link and checked into this book myself. So that is awesome. a real thing. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Right up my alley. So yes, thank you once again to "Love You" by Stacy Fence. Awesome. All right, should we um, end the suspense and tell people where we landed on our "When in Romance" first ever book club read? Okay, let's do that. So it's been awesome getting everyone's input the past couple weeks i'm so glad that you all are as excited as we are because book clubs are awesome um and i am only really good at being in them if i am the person facilitating it so thank you all for helping me (laughs) out with being in a really awesome book club with all of you um yay yay um and we have a pick. We are going to be reading Jeannie Lynn's Butterfly Swords. Woo! Yay! We actually kind of had two picks. So uh, it looks like it was going to be intercepted by Alexa Martin. Mm-hmm. And then there was a late surge for Butterfly Swords by Jeannie Lynn. Mm-hmm. And so Jess and I talked a little bit, and it seemed like, why not do both? Right. Uh, and so what we decided was, Maybe we do Butterfly Swords first because it's not it's it's backlist, which might make it a little bit easier for folks to access um, if you know they can't necessarily afford to do a you know brand new romance title right up front. Uh, then they can get on the hold list for their library, and we'll talk about that one next month. But in the meantime, um, both the uh, ebook edition and the audiobook edition actually for butterfly swords are relatively affordable and if you are a print person there's some used options on amazon as well awesome excellent we like books that people can get <laughs> yeah so we're excited about it um 
I think what we said was, I think Jess and I talked about this a little bit before the podcast. So, so I think uh, what we said, and she will feel free to uh, tell me I'm wrong if I get this wrong, is that when we record in two weeks on September 20th, we'll talk a little bit about some of the discussion questions that we have about the book. So between now and then, and again, we record on the 20th of September. The show won't actually drop until the 24th, but since we're recording on the 20th, if you have thoughts or ideas about Butterfly Swords, feel free to send them to us before the 20th. And then if you don't get a chance to read it before then, that's totally fine because our full discussion will uh, happen on the episode of the podcast that we are discussing on October 4th. Absolutely. And for those of you who might not have voted or might have accidentally skipped the last podcast or are just um, not as, as wired in as the rest of us who were conversing about this on Twitter, Instagram, and email. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Butterfly Swords. It is the oh, yeah. first book in Jeannie Lin's Tang Dynasty book, or Tang Dynasty series, sorry. Ooh. And I'll read you the description. You can read it on your own, but I like reading descriptions aloud because it's lots of fun. It's my drama moment for the week. Nice. Uh, <laughs> During China's infamous Tang Dynasty, a time awash with luxury, yet littered with deadly intrigues and fallen royalty, betrayed Princess Ai Li flees before her wedding. Miles from home, with only her delicate butterfly swords for defense, she enlists the reluctant protection of a blue-eyed warrior. Dun-dun-dun. Battle-scarred, embittered Riem has always held his own life at cheap value. Ailee's innocent trust in him and honorable, stubborn nature make him desperate to protect her, which means not seducing the first woman he has ever truly wanted. All the drama, all the awesomeness. And, so much drama. And it's the woman who has the swords. Yeah, which is pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. Although I will say, so I did uh, some polling in my Instagram stories. Uh, thank you for because a lot of people got in on this, <laughs> and I will tell you, a lot of these um, polls were very, very close. So one of the questions I asked, for example, was whether people wanted to see swords or sheep in a supporting <laughs> role in their romance. It was fifty-one to forty-nine percent. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think it was the swords that came out on top, but just barely. Wow, um, I did people, not know sheep were that popular. Right? <laughs> and I feel like the historical versus contemporary uh, category was right about the same. Historical came out just on top. Oh, mm -hmm. by the way, the sheep category was um, the Tessa Dare book. Uh -huh. That one is the one with, with a sheep in the supporting role. Mm -hmm. uh, when I asked, the one that was far and away, there was no question as to the result. Um, I asked, how do you feel about battle-scarred heroes? That was an 80% in favor of, 20% <laughs> skeptical of. So um, that, was, that was a lot of fun also. And the, other, the only other question I asked was whether people wanted to see a dramatic scene set at a fundraiser or a fashion show. That one was also very closely divided. Fashion show just barely edged out fundraiser. Mm. Um, and for reference, the fundraiser uh, scene is in Intercepted by Alexa Martin, and the fashion show scene is in Glitterland, um, which is another one we were looking at. So thank you to everybody who participated in that. You guys were obviously 
uh, did a great job of voting there. We appreciate everybody who emailed us, who uh, sent us, you know, notes on Twitter. It really, it got, it got down to it. It was really a very close, every book got at least some votes. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you all for being participatory in what sort of sometimes feels like a tiny vacuum for Trisha and me. Indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll think about some questions and thoughts and uh, we will listen for yours as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll start the conversation in a couple of weeks and then we will uh, complete it a couple of weeks after that. Awesome. Awesome. So set set your holds list, click one click, um, get your your um, audio device queued up, whichever way you want to access this book. We're looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah. And for those of you who are excited about Intercepted uh, by Alex Martin, maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> um, we are excited about that one, too. And so we will be doing that one on about a four-week delay after. So we will probably do questions on that one about mid-October and then uh, probably our full discussion early November. So stay tuned. Excellent, excellent. I'm very excited, Jess. Me too. I it's am book club time. For, yes, and thank you for helping me get a book that was very far too long on my TBR actually into my brain. Yeah, thank you, When in Romance listeners, because I can take no credit for that. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I had a, this fifth thought last, you know, two weeks ago that I could have filled with something else, and I kept looking at Jess's list, and I was like, nope, she did it. She crushed it. There's no reason for me to even mess with this, so we're done. <laughs> Oh, I feel so great. Um, All right. (laughs) All right. So, uh, you know, for now, I I think we decided maybe we would just finish up by talking a little bit about what we're reading. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop because, I mean, we've given you lots of, lots, lots of things to think about to read. And you have a reading assignment. So exactly. Yeah. For the first time since school, I have a reading assignment. I'm excited. We can't give you too many more books to think about and grasp for and scream about. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're just going to give you a couple um, because that's just how we roll. Yeah. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Why don't you start, Trisha? All right. So my first is actually a reread. Um, I have been rereading Autobiography by Christina Lauren, uh, which is a book that came out about a year ago, maybe almost exactly a year ago. I think it came out in early September of last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And part of the reason that I am rereading it is because I really like it. Uh, (laughs) Moderately shameless plug. The other part of the reason that I'm rereading it is that um, if, if for anybody who's in the D.C. area, I'm actually doing a, an event with them on September 14th at One More Page Books in Arlington, Virginia. So feel free to come out um, and catch that. At, it's a Friday. It's Friday of this week. If, as you always do, you are listening to this podcast the day it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been kind of revisiting some of the my favorite books by them. And this is a, um, it's actually YA, which we don't tend to talk a lot about on this podcast, but it's YA romance. Um, and it's two, uh, it's, it's male, male, it's two like 18, 19 year old guys who are, uh, one of them is bisexual. The other one is I, c- gay, I think, but kind of sort of coming to terms with his sexuality. They live in Provo, Utah. And, uh, one of them has actually moved from, I want to say like the LA area, somewhere in Cal, maybe actually Silicon Valley, somewhere in California that was a little bit more receptive to 
um, you know, the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. than Provo, which is um, far more immersed in the traditionally LDS church, uh, is maybe receptive to um, people who are gay. And so uh, Sebastian, who is um, sort of is from Provo and his family is really based in Provo and very much in and of the Mormon faith, you know, is has not quite necessarily come to terms with his sexuality. And Tanner uh, has. He actually has dated women and men and, you know, I guess because it's YA, probably boys and girls is maybe more <laughs> accurate. I don't know. Um, I'm so careful because we talk about adult things on this podcast to make sure I refer to women as women instead of girls. So I, you know, if the YA lens is a little bit more complicated. But um, but it's a great uh, – one of the things that Christina and Lauren – who are two authors, Christina and Lauren, one of the things that they do really, really well is gray area, Mm -hmm. right? So it would be so easy in this book, in a book like this, to make all of Sebastian's family really kind of the bad guys and the sort of the other and the evil and kind of like looking down on him. But they do such a really strong and interesting job of building them up as his community and his family and they they show how hard it is for a person, a man, a kid, a someone who's kind of in that in-between area mm-hmm. to know what he has to lose, to know that if he tells them what his sexuality is and who he loves and who he wants to be with, that it essentially means walking away from his entire community and you know, you see that sort of through Tanner's lens of knowing, like, he loves this guy, but he also, he, he, he's trying to understand what it would mean for him to walk away from that. And it's, I mean, it's just really smart. And it has so much of that, like, God, you feel just, you feel like you're back in high school. Like, you feel like you have that angst of like, oh, boy, like, this, you know, like, you know, whether you're gay or straight or bi or you, whatever you are, it's, it's like, it's just that feeling of, does this person like me or don't they like me or what if they do or what if they don't or, oh, my God, you know, like all of mm-hmm. those feelings just come right back to the forefront 20 years later. And it's it's just really, really well written. So it's a reread. But again, it's called Autobiography and it's by Christina Lauren. Oh, man, I've really got to push that one up my my TBR. Like I've I've followed Christina Lauren's career since Beautiful Bastard. So <laughs> I'm. I'm, I've had that one on my list to read and it just hasn't happened. So I'm glad you talked about it so I can like get on the ball and actually try to get around to reading. <laughs> yeah. And I've, re- I've recommended to a few different friends of um, various different sexualities and uh, all of them have really, really liked it and connected with it. So um, yeah, it's, I'm, I partly picked it as a reread because I really like it. <laughs> so selfishly, I picked it to reread because I like it. Awesome. Always good. That, that's important when you're rereading something, she right? says, yeah. as she thinks about the last book she actually reread, which was never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't bring myself to reread things. I'll, I'll that's a whole a, other episode. We'll, we'll figure that out another time. <laughs> I'll have a look at things again, you know, like revisit a few pages, but to sit down and start to start to finish, it's like, I could be reading a new book. and Oh, yeah, we're on different <laughs> sides of this. We are going to have to talk about this another time. We are. We're setting that aside for a future conversation. I am sure that that 
would be a very enlightening one. Um, but so here's the deal. A couple weeks ago, Cat Sebastian was mm. tweeting about Bucky Barnes. If you're not a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Bucky Barnes is one of those characters that you fall in love with in one movie and then he dies. And then he shows up again later in another movie in the future. Well, it's been 70 years since the death and the reappearance. And there's all this drama. So... That's the really, really, really Cliff's Notes versions of Bucky Barnes, <laughs> Captain America's so wait, best you, friend. Okay, I was going to say, can you give us the Marvel movie? So he was in Captain America. He was in Captain America, and then he was in Captain America 2, Winter Soldier, um, and he is the Winter Soldier. Um, Got it. And Thank you. So he's a very well-beloved character in... My circles of Marvel fandom, which mostly features um, women and uh, other femme kind of people who deal in Marvel more for feels than for guns. Um, (laughs) If that's nice, if that's a concept that makes sense. I was talking to somebody the other day about how, as a romance readers, it was obvious why I loved action movies and spy thrillers, um, because, you know, everything gets resolved at the end and we're all happy. Um, But so back to the story, Kat Sebastian was tweeting about Bucky Barnes because she decided that she needed a break and she was going to wander around Archive of Our Own, which is a very large, very thorough, very beloved fan fiction site. And I made the mistake of clicking on some links. If you've, if you read Kissing Books, you know that I have, I have explained before that I am a recovering fan fiction addict. Um, And I dove back in a couple weeks ago to start reading a 235,000-word story that featured a recovering, brainwashed Bucky Barnes getting himself back and also discovering romance novels and reading them to decompress. So it was like, wait, what? So I had to read that because that was the pitch. (laughs) Yeah. And just for, like, context, I would say 235,000 words has to be, I would say, like, a normal 250-page book is, like, 100,000 words, right? Maybe. So you're probably talking solidly, like, seven or 800-page, like, if, if people are trying to get a context. I will tell you. I have a friend who reads a lot of fan fiction. She told me mm-hmm. how to download long stories to read in iBooks because mm-hmm. it, you know, you can do the the dark on white text thing, and it's a little easier to flip pages than it is to scroll. And oh, uh-huh. it was over twelve hundred pages. Okay, so I was yeah, I was underestimating. All right, great. Yeah, so this yeah, is it, very long. It yeah. was very long. Capital yeah. V, capital L, very long. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all to say that I haven't been reading very many romances in the past couple weeks, um, which is sad for me because 
you know, I love them and there are so many that I try to keep up some kind of way. But I did start uh, Zoe Castile's Stripped before I started reading this. And mm-hmm. it was very compelling, but I couldn't stop reading the stupid fan fiction story. So I, it took me a while to come back to it, which I started once again reading last night. So I'm very excited to continue reading about um, Robin, who is a hot mess, and uh, Zach, who is a stripper. And their interesting, lovely story of confusing laundry and actually taking no for an answer, which is about nice. as far as I've gotten. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, one thing that we should talk about. So first of all, we definitely need to talk about fan fiction again on another <laughs> episode of Fun and Romance, um, because I am very intrigued by this. I know uh, like you said a lot of words, but I'm going to have to send you an email after this to be like, wait, I need all of the links because I don't know, even know how to talk about this in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but another thing we have to talk about is how much consent I have seen in romance that I have read in the last year, mm-hmm. which maybe it was always there, but for sure... I have. Yeah, I was reading uh, the governess game, and I noticed the exa- like the hero specifically and explicitly says, "If at any time you want me to stop, you should just say so, and I will stop." Mm-hmm. And like it's that is just one example of all of the romance taking all of the consent very seriously. And just as an aside, it's still very sexy. So yes, yes, consent is sexy. Yeah. Um. So we'll put that on the list too. <laughs> of discussion topics yes yes we will because it's always fun to talk about that we can actually do deep dives about you know does it take you out of the story no it doesn't it actually pulls you further in yeah Uh, um in the case of stripped um there's a scene when the two people actually first meet after having their laundry uh mixed up and he asks her out and she says no and he's like okay yeah and that was it no Mm -hmm. are you sure i'm really hot hey look Mm -hmm. here's my body you sure let me come in your house and encourage you to to go out with me none of that Mm -hmm. nope none of that that. Mm -hmm. no i'm 100 percent with you um, and I will say actually that I, so the book that I have just, just, just started is one that I am very delinquent on, um, which is Treasure by Rebecca Weatherspoon, uh, uh, which is one that you have recommended many, many times. And so I have only just started, so I um, am in the same position then that I can't say much about it, but I'm very excited to read it. Um, it is a female, female romance um, that, like I said, is overdue for me. And I, you have read it, which actually... That one also has a stripper in it, right? Yes, yes, it does. I was about to say. We <laughs> Look how we accidentally recommended all the strippers. Right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I'm excited for you. It's so good. It's too short, but it's so good. And it's only you too know. short because you finish it and you want more. <laughs> well, I feel like all of the best work books work out that way. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we, we've done maybe our due diligence here, Jess. Is there anything that we should be telling people before we let them return to their lives? Um, I think you had one more thing you wanted to mention about a certain hashtag. 
Oh, I was going to tell everyone we're doing such a great job with the when in romance hashtag. Uh, we have so many people who have been um, making sure that they're using it. Uh, so thank you very much to, oh, hold on. I made a list. Uh, so first of all, Jess, good job. Uh, also, Beth and Casey, uh, also from uh, Book Riot. So well done. Uh, Emily, Candice, Robert, Jenny, Samantha, Ann, Eden, Booktopia Avenue. Uh, I don't know your real name. That's okay but that is what you are using. Um, and Chanisa, who is also using it, and me. Um, I felt like I probably shouldn't shout myself out, but here I am doing it anyway. Right now we have 222 uses of the hashtag, and you have to go like 20 deep before you find any that are not us. Yeah. So good job, everyone. Thank you for doing that. Uh, let's see if we can hit 300 by the end of the year. I don't know. I just made that up just now, but I think we can do it. I think we can. I'm going to work harder. Let's all work harder. I mean, I think, but also, like, give yourself a little bit of a break. If we don't, it's okay. Yeah. If we don't get 300. But, you know, like, because 2019 is also a time. But we've done, I mean, I think there was, when we started this, I think there were maybe 22. And, like, 10 of them were a bunch of randos in love. So <laughs> we don't need those people. Uh, so, yeah. So we've done, I think, you know, we've increased by a significant percentage. I feel very good about our reclaiming process. And I'm very proud and grateful uh, so thank you all. Um, and yeah, that was, that was my last thing that I was going to mention. Just my gratitude for all of you. Um, if you, we mentioned the reader survey before, please do go and take the fall reader survey. Uh, it is bookriot.com slash, I think fall reader survey. I don't actually think that's right. And I closed out the email. So just go to the link in the show notes or think back to when we talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, <laughs> it will take you less than five minutes. Probably you already did it while we were talking about other things. Yes. Um, do feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I think it's called now, um, because it helps people find it. And also because we do read those um, recommendations and reviews. So yes. uh, that is very helpful to us. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can find us online. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at just underscore is underscore reading. Um, uh, I love the look on your face still says that you are just very sort of confused by the underscores and how I, that happened. I am. How did that happen? I had that perfect Jess is reading on Twitter I will say it's probably in part because I joined Twitter when it was still in beta in 2008. So oh I had any um, any handle I wanted, basically. Um, We're 10 years in. Look at you. And, you know, Instagram was a little later, so somebody got it. Um, Fair. Well, I did not join 10 years ago, but I am on Twitter at Trisha Reads. Uh, Trisha underscore Reads, sorry. T-R-I-S-H-A. And I am on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And both of those, uh, you know, social, all of those social media links, as well as our email addresses will be in the show notes as well. Um, yeah. Is that it for us for the week, Jess? Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know if you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, ideas, brilliant um, concepts, or anything else about butterfly swords. And we yeah, we're about anything else. Chatting about it with you. Yeah, we're super excited. So, uh, in the meantime, happy reading of Butterfly Swords or whatever else you find, everybody. Indeed. Happy reading.